Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Stanford podcast. To introduce ourselves, we are a youth activism group based in the, we- in the west end of Newcastle called Stanford. Throughout these exciting episodes, we will discuss educational and social issues we are passionate about with inspiring guests from MP student lawyers and businesswomen. My name is Obi. And my name is Sharon. And we're both members of the youth activism group Stanford. To kick start, we have the pleasure of interviewing the amazing Rose Stewart, a black woman in business. Welcome to the podcast, Rose. Thank you for taking the time for us to chat to you. To begin, could you introduce yourself and what you stand for? Yes, hi. Uh, firstly, thank you for asking me here. Um, I run a business called Rast Digital Agency Limited, where we are a digital marketing and e-commerce business. And I stand for people and women who want to grow both their careers and in their spirituality. Yeah, that's great. Would you be able to provide us with some insights on what it's like to be a successful black woman in business? Yes, of course. Um, I started my entrepreneurship 30 years ago, this year actually, um, back when there were very little women or ethnicity in business. I would not allow this to stop me moving forward though. uh, Most of my success has derived from being passionate about commercial creativity. This is having ideas and creating a business process through internal business projects. When these projects work, they can give great success, which is rewarding. I'm also involved with Tech London Advocates, TLA, Black Women in Tech where I'm a member of the management committee. We basically strive towards helping businesses work in an ethically diverse and inclusion manner. It's, great, it's a great honor to be involved with them. Thank you. Could you detail some of the challenges you have faced within your career as a black woman? Yes, of course. Um, the first company I had for 15 years and its annual turnover was 1.5 million before I sold it. We had hundreds of corporate clients who paid for their invoices directly into the business account at NatWest Bank. Clients such as uh, Fidelity Investments, the British Intelligence Service, uh, British Antarctic Survey, and government organizations. Although I had a great relationship with my NatWest Bank manager, I used to have problems cashing petty cash checks out of the bank. They must have thought she could not possibly have authority to cash them. In the end, I complained to the NatWest local head office and told them that their bank clerks should get used to my black face for future visits. He delivered the cash to my premises in the end. How have you defended yourself against racism and bigotry within the workplace? And what was the outcome of it? No, I took a break from entrepreneurship um, for five years and worked for a large company. I experienced a huge amount of bigotry and even had problems moving into new internal positions within the company when I applied for internal roles. After the third time of applying, I put in an official grievance against certain individuals because the company had a grievance policy. Thank you. 
as a black woman myself, I'm curious as to what advice you would give to a young black woman to overcome some of the challenges you have discussed. Is there any advice you think that could be useful to myself and our listeners? Well, from my discussions with like-minded peers in TLA Black Women in Tech, I would suggest when entering work to try and access someone who could be your mentor, like a go-to person if you have any issues. Obviously, you'd need to work out who to trust first and ask them to do this for you. Do you feel as though you had to work harder in comparison to your white con contemporaries? Um, if you, if so, in what ways do you feel as though you had to work harder to be where you are? If is it fitting in a big part of this? Well, yes, I do feel I've had to work harder than my white counterparts due to having to deal with bigotry while working. This is very stressful. Although my white counterparts do not have to deal with this. As for fitting in, I feel everyone should express their own personality to be part of a team. If you cannot fit in, it is racism. You get to know the look of it. Just turn around and move to people who do not have that affliction. Do you still think to this day that black people are unequal? If so, in what ways? I believe there is inequity with, um, in, sorry, inequality with black people due to the fact that we seem to have to prove ourselves more than any others. We have to be squeaky clean and perfect to get where we need to be, but others get away with not being. Um, but like, what, like, have you like faced any racism like recently? Um, well, I, I was I was at a, a business networking group, and um, I, there was um, I had a, a couple of um, and that is in the northeast, and I had a couple of um, racism um, attitude towards me, and I, I did feel a way about it. Luckily, I moved on, and I found uh, the TLA about woman in tech who has. A networking activity as well and they're, they're my peers as well so I'm satisfied now. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with the part where you said that you had to work harder with your white counterparts because uh, as a black guy myself like I go to school with mostly white people I feel like I always get these looks that oh I'm different from all my other white students because oh I'm black then they automatically automatically think that I'm loud just because of my skin color and my race so I feel like that's a bit unfair and it's like racist and every time like something racist happens like they always come report it to me and then but like they won't go tell the teachers because it's obviously their friends doing it and then when I'm telling them that that's racism itself they always deny it whilst I'm saying it is racist because you keep on telling me that someone said something racist, but you won't tell the teacher. So, like, I feel like that's, that's like, not fair. And that's, like, how I feel like that's racist, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you, you, you need to um, uh, um, acknowledge what's going on, but also what you need to do is you need to rise above it 
and you, t- you need to find people who, who, like I said, don't have that affliction. Um, there are people out there like that, but there are people out there who aren't like that as well. Um, and it's a matter of um, fitting in with those. Like, currently, like, I've reported so many, uh, this week I've reported two, two, two things that a guy said that were racist, but like, the first time they said that they were ex- going to exclude the guy, but they didn't exclude the guy. And I'm, I was really confused. I was like, I, w- I wouldn't say protesting because I was just like out there, like outside the uh, my year leader's office, like trying to figure out why this guy is still in my class because like I'm feeling uncomfortable with this guy that said something racist to me. And then he goes ahead and says the exact same thing to my friend. So I'm just like really confused on why he's not out. And also what's happening we're reading racist books that don't teach kids like anything like there, there's a book that we're reading of mice and men which is racist and it, it says the end with a bunch of times and it's not educational and when we uh, learn about racism or like stuff like that's got to do with black history they all they teach us is martin luther king they don't teach us about rosa parks or what's happened recently, like George Floyd, like they're always stuck with Martin Luther King. And like, it's, it's so, um, I think the word is ignorant that they don't like use other stuff to like educate the white children. And I just like, don't understand why they teach us stuff like this, but like, don't make us understand it. Yeah, it's not, it's not fair and it's not right. Um, so, Rose, do you have anything that you want to add? Well, um, just to say that um, I, I co-granted your um, your second project, which was a great pitch, by the way. And this third project was also a great pitch with lots of youth involved at the time of the pitch. Um, and I could see that this project was something which was going to help you all develop important skills for the years to come when you start college and university and work um, and that was certainly one of the reasons why I, I actually um, I actually um, co-granted the, the, um, the project uh, funding um, and also um, the key is a great great charity the great fund charity and I, I've taken part in the key as well, the key challenge myself when I was I worked in a company who was one of the sponsors. So we know that you are a community panelist for the key and an organization that funds young people's project, including this very podcast. You were in fact a panelist when we were requesting funds for this podcast. Why did you want to fund this project in particular and what have your experiences been with the key and young people in general? Well, well, like I said, um, yeah, I, 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 because I initially um, granted the funding in this, uh, for the second project, uh, the second key challenge, and this was the third one, obviously, and the pitch was great. Um, and I know I could see that it's going to help you develop skills for years to come when you start college and university and work. And um, yes. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. 
Uh, thank you for taking the time to for us to interview you. It's been a pleasure. And for those at home that are listening, yeah, thank you for listening. And yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.